0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, this is Note to Self and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, hi guys. Welcome back to another episode of Note to Self. If you're new here, Hi. I'm Peyton. Nice to meet y'all. I did want to say at the top of the episode, I am loving seeing the reviews on iTunes and the ratings on Spotify. So if y'all can give us a five-star review or give us five stars on Spotify, that would be absolutely wonderful. It helps the show so, so much. And I kind of forget to ask directly sometimes, but it really is so helpful. So if you have not done those one of the two, that would be great. If you want to do both, I mean, extra credit all the way. So anyway, let's get into today's episode. We're going to talk about my summertime reflections today. I know it is a heavy topic to bring up summer ending. I feel like when I reference summer ending, it's going to make people like antsy. It makes me antsy myself. So I'm going to say summertime reflections so far. Like I know some people are going back to school soon and there's that whole thing, but for me a grown adult who's not going to school, summer's not really over quite yet. I feel like summer will end like towards the end of September in my brain, though I live in Los Angeles and it's sunny and it's great all the time. So I kind of moved here for it to be summer forever. So you, you get my my qualm with summer ending. I just freaking love summer. And I feel like this has been one of the most relaxed summers of my life thus far. And it's also the last summer I'm spending in my 20s, which is kind of huge, in my opinion. Before we talk about that stuff, I'm going to give you a little life update. So I was sick all last weekend. Unfortunately, last week, my grandmother, my dad's mother passed, and I was supposed to fly home to go to her funeral in Texas. We're going to have it in College Station, Texas, actually, where she lived. Also, the city where my college is, my college town. So anyway, I was supposed to fly home and drive with my grandfather down there. um, I just decided I woke up on like Thursday and I was so, so ill and I never get fevers like ever. I rarely ever get like actually sick, but my bones were aching. I had like a splitting headache. My throat was so sore, which I mean, for me, I deserved it because the week two weekends ago I had quite the weekend and it was like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday Bender basically. So, like, once I got sick, I was like, Yeah, I absolutely deserve this one. But I couldn't fly home to go to the funeral because I didn't want to make my grandfather sick or anyone at the funeral sick. So, I spent this weekend horizontal, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I started feeling a lot better Saturday. My fever went away, like in the evening time, but I was just like sleeping all day. Like, I slept on Friday, I slept for over 15 hours. So, that's really my life update. I will say, so the last episode i did on detachment i was talking about how i was going to go home for the weekend for my friend laurel's baby shower and all that stuff we pre-recorded that episode so it was actually like a couple weekends ago that i did that but i was supposed to go home again this last weekend and i could not obviously but i heard that there's something going around it wasn't covid cuz i tested for that then i kind of felt like it was the flu but it lasted so much shorter than the flu does so i'm not really sure what it was but i was just like taking a ton of advil and being horizontal. Like I said, I really needed some rest, I think. So that was pretty nice. In terms of content corner on TikTok, I am really, really, really involved in the private chef in the Hamptons content. Wishbone Kitchen, who I mentioned last week, I believe, is one of my favorites to follow. I love her like day in the life vlogs. And then Rob Lee, I think is his name. It's Rob L. I. He does some really good private chef in the Hamptons videos so i'm obsessed with those i'm also just like on like recipe tiktok i love watching people make like somewhat healthy-ish recipes There is one other guy i follow oh my gosh i have to find him really fast for y'all because he is hilarious and i went down like a full rabbit hole of watching his entire tiktok michael finch i recognized him from somewhere i think he used to be like a makeup artist but his content is a freaking hilarious you'll have to go watch it on tiktok And then yeah, Rob Lee, it's broccoli Rob, and then Wishbone Kitchen. Absolutely love. I also follow Chef Bay, Hand Me the Fork, Recipes by Anne. Yeah, that's pretty much all the ones I followed for food content lately because I'm trying to get better in the kitchen. I'm trying to learn. Also, again, I was horizontal all weekend, so I was really binging this on TikTok. Otherwise, I started the show The Shy on. Hulu, and I am literally in season five because I, again, was horizontal all weekend. I watched pretty much all of the show at this point. I think there's six seasons, and I've watched most of it. I am obsessed with the characters on that show. I think they did them so well because everyone's so like complex. And it's just like, I don't know. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with Kevin. I'm obsessed with Papa. I'm obsessed with Maisha. They're my favorite characters. I'm so glad they're all still on the show. I have grown to love. Emmett, though I hated him at first. So really big into that right now. No other shows really. I feel like I've I've really watched everything. So I'm going back to the archives of like older shows that I just haven't seen. And The shy has been around since like 2010 or something. Like it's been around for a while, I think. I think that's what I saw. Anyway, so that's my content corner. I am still so exhausted, guys. Like I am just I'm fine. i have better. I've been without fever for over two days now, but like I'm just exhausted. And I don't know how because I slept so much. But sometimes when I sleep a lot, like I oversleep and I allow myself to do that, I'm even more tired. But I will say I was sleeping. I don't know if anyone else does this. Whenever I'm sick, I feel like my apartment goes into like sick mode where like it's gross. I didn't do my dishes for like four days. I ordered Postmates everything, but I didn't want to take out the trash. The trash is just like piling up. And I didn't want to sleep in my bed because I was like, Ew, I'm sick. That's gross. So I just like cleaned my sheets and like didn't put them on the bed for four days and just slept on my couch, which I will say is a very comfortable couch. I fall asleep on my couch a lot. I'm obsessed with my couches from six penny. But and it's also right under my little like AC unit, which is nice. But I just feel like my life is just like in shambles. So today, this morning, after I went to work out, which was very rough, I went and cleaned like most of my apartment, which was a great reset. I love the post sick reset. It's a very niche subject, but I took all my trash out. I finally put <laughs> the sheets on my bed. I took like an everything shower. So I feel like I'm healthy enough and clean enough to sleep in my own bed. Is that weird? I feel like, you know, when you're like actually in your bed and you're sick and you just are like sweaty, and like I always I had the chills so bad all weekend. So I feel like I couldn't sleep in my bed, but I'm super excited to do so tonight. Tonight will be my first night back, you know, like nothing ever happened. Though, again, like I said, I'm absolutely exhausted. So I hope everyone else is feeling fine. Some things that I did for myself when I was sick um, to make myself feel better. Obviously, the Advil was a quick fix. Um, I drank so much water with Element in it. And then I had my Armour Colostrum that I've talked about on YouTube before. And then I had my vitamin C packs from Symbiotica, and I had magnesium from Symbiotica, some zinc. And then what else did I do? That's pretty much it. There's like a wellness formula thing that I have from Whole Foods. But again, I just I think sleeping and water was probably the absolute best for me at that point. And that's really all I have to say. This weekend is going to be fun. It's going to I'm going to be here in Los Angeles. And then actually on Sunday, I'm headed to do a little staycation in Newport with the Newport Tourism Board, which will be really fun. So, we're going to see all the new stuff that Newport has to offer. And I'm going to try out some stuff. I think we're going on a boat one of the days. It'll be really fun. So, come along with me on Instagram for that. I'm going to go Sunday to like Tuesday ish. And I think it'll be a very interesting time. So, today I want to talk about, like I said, my summertime reflections. And I am partnering again with Chanel for this episode, which feels like an absolute dream. I'm obsessed with Chanel, as we all know. I love my Chanel beauty products. I also love my Chanel shoes. I have my favorite sandals I wear from Chanel, like literally all the time. I should have worn them today, actually. Um, My favorite sneakers from Chanel. My favorite thing to buy, obviously, from Chanel are the bags. I'm a big Chanel bag connoisseur. I like the classics and I love a vintage Chanel as well. Um, And I've talked about this at length. For years. So I'm so excited to be partnering with Chanel on this episode. It is such a treat. And today I really wanted to focus on some things that I feel like I have either learned or kind of come back around to appreciate this summer. And I feel like we should get kind of real on this episode. Um, I sat at the park with my friend Iman today. Obviously, if you guys have been here for a hot sec, you know who Iman is. Um, her and I love to go to this park that's kind of in the middle of both of us and we did some work today and i brought my notebook out and i was just like i need to actually sit down and reflect and think like what have i learned this summer and what has made me better and again what have i maybe returned to that i kind of lost sight of or that i needed to almost like relearn so i've got my beautiful little notebook here i'm actually matching it right now we love green green's definitely my favorite color as we all know so we're going to call this for some of us midsummer reflections summertime reflections, whatever you want to say. And let's just jump right into it. So the number one thing for me that the theme of this summer has been much like, you know, the topic of last week's podcast episode is learning to let go. And detachment obviously is a huge part of this in my day to day. but letting go of plans that I've had, of you know, my schedule letting like just when the time comes to be a little bit more spontaneous maybe or to kind of let life guide me and show me things letting go has been huge and instrumental in me learning to trust myself and trust that I can get myself where I need to go under any circumstance and also learning to trust the universe and I feel like I'm a pretty spiritual person so for me Allowing the universe to kind of guide me and trusting wherever it's leading me. And then again, trusting myself to be able to, you know, hold my own under any circumstance has been a really important lesson for me to learn this summer. I also, like I said, I have some notes. So that's what I'm looking down at. I kind of like the visual of just kind of drifting through my life and not in a way that feels like I'm not in control at all. Like I still feel in control of myself and my boundaries and my own choices, but kind of allowing, again, that theme of allowing life to surprise me, like I talk about all the time, and kind of just seeing where things go without trying to force anything. That's kind of like the mental picture I've had for myself in the last few months. And it feels very relaxing, though it can be really difficult to let go, like we talked about at length last week, which, by the way, I felt like I was kind of meandering through that episode on detachment. And when I went to go listen back, because usually I record and then we put the episode out and then I'll listen back after to pull any kind of audio that I like or that I want to share. Um, And I was like, oh, this actually makes a little more sense than I thought it did when I was saying it out loud. (laughs) Because y'all know I don't, while I have my notes and stuff like that, I do go very much off script. And some of these episodes and detachment was a big theme that I've been trying to work on, like I'm talking about letting go right now. And it's been interesting to work through that on a mic, just talking through it to myself, essentially. So for me, kind of drifting through life also includes me, you know, filling my time and my energy with the things that I love and then allowing life to surprise me and the things that I can't control. Maybe everyone can control their life to a certain extent, obviously, but I just kind of expect to be surprised by good things in life. And I feel like good things keep coming, especially work wise. It's been really nice. And I've also had just some really fun days, especially out with my friends where I don't know what we're going to do next or what's happening next. But something fun is always happening. And I always end up like in just like a strange scenario with people that I don't know or that I do know. And I feel like not trying to control a schedule or a plan, especially on the weekends, has been really fun. And I feel very free. And it's just been a really nice. I don't know, experience like the other weekend. I went out with some friends for my friend's birthday and they were going to this like seated private event, Later on in the day, and they were like, you know, they happened to have an extra ticket because someone couldn't come, and then I could go. So I went, and I wasn't expecting any of that all day. Obviously, I just kind of blocked out my day to do whatever. And we just had the best, like, all day party. It was so fun celebrating my friend and then going to this, like, cool luau thing on the beach. It was awesome. So I wouldn't have, you know, had I scheduled out my entire Saturday to be specifically social with specific people, I feel like I wouldn't have had that experience. And it was just like such, such a good time. I also think with this comes, You know, trusting the universe. I've been really dabbling in my more spiritual side for a while now, and I feel like you know we talk about two, two, two all the time here on Note to Self, and how I was seeing that so much in the beginning of the year when I was going through a tough breakup, and now I'm seeing you know different numbers, different signs, and I think a very important thing for me when it comes to letting go is asking the universe for signs that I'm going in the right direction. And this just gives me some semblance of like trust or like hope a little bit. You know what I mean? And I don't care if it's delusional. I don't care if, you know, people have a lot to say about spirituality and any kind of religion, you know, but it's what I'm choosing to believe. So I will literally ask the universe for signs that I'm on the right path, whether it's numbers or like symbols or something. And I think that I do find myself being really comforted by those signs throughout the day an odd amount the point where I'm like, whoa. And every time I see one, I thank the universe for it. And for me, it allows me to let go a little bit easier because I have like some semblance of like a sign that I'm on the right path. So if you want to dabble in that, I would definitely do that. I'm definitely on like spiritual TikTok. There isn't really anyone there isn't anyone I follow specifically that I'm like, you should go follow them. But I I definitely dabble on that side of TikTok. And it's been pretty fulfilling for me so far. All right. So this summer, Another thing, number two my reflections is I have learned that nurturing my different friends in like my different levels of friendships has been very fulfilling to me. So obviously, like in terms of like during the week and during the day, I'm usually working. But on the weekends, I really prioritize my friends. I mean, also like weeknights I do as well. And I try to meet up with people who are really involved and wanting to be my friend as well. Whether that's like going out with my friends on the weekends, I have more of like a going out crew that I hang out with, or like my friends that I have on the podcast like uh, Morgan or Pia, going out with them on the weeknights and like just grabbing some wine or dinner or something like that. I just went to dinner with my friend Pia who was on the podcast. I was also on hers, called Pia's Pod. We went to the Sunset Tower for just drinks and dinner uh, last week and It was so fun just to catch up. And I feel like I've really prioritized every week going to do something more like one-on-one or in a small group with friends. And then on the weekends, I have my time in like my larger friend group and being with my solid friends and then like meeting new ones out. And I've met so many people through those friends that I've ended ended up being friends with. So this summer has really been for the girls. I mean, it's the summer of the Barbie movie it's it's the summer of Taylor Swift, obviously, the Eras tour, so it's got to be for the girls. And I have had truly a for the girls summer, and it's made me feel so connected to community, and it's really inspired me to become a better friend overall and be more thoughtful and be there for the people that I love in my life. And I feel so lucky to be surrounded by so many good friends. At the same time, this summer has been about really curating that group around me. I have definitely distance from people i felt were not bringing out a good side in me or were just really draining me and that's been tough but it's also left room for people that i'm obsessed with and that make me feel really good about myself and that make me feel very loved and kind of don't put too much pressure on me i feel like i am not really good with high maintenance friends at this point in my life and i don't consider myself to be a high maintenance friend so i i love my friends that just allow me to be myself. And they don't ask like way too much of me. And I don't ask way too much of them. And when we're around each other, we like over deliver. You know what I mean? I think that that's a really beautiful thing. I think that's kind of part of the detachment thing we were talking about last month is I'm not putting so many expectations on people, but I am expecting people to be, you know, baseline, not, you know, crossing my boundaries, which means I like to be around people that are very non judgmental, either judging things as good or judging things as bad. Like they just are allowing everyone around them to be themselves. I find that really inspiring, really lighthearted. And I feel like at this point in my life, I like friends that are really lighthearted, that we can just like giggle and be funny and kiss on the lips. As you know, all my friends kiss on the lips constantly. (laughs) People are like, are y'all okay? We're like, no, we're just so in love with each other. We're obsessed. I feel like, I think, like I said, I've been really nurturing my friendships of all types. That means my closer friends and people who are more acquaintances. And I've met so many great people in that way. And then when I meet someone out on the weekend that I'm like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with your energy. We're like, perfect. Let's go to lunch or let's go to dinner. Or You know, we just, if I find someone I really vibe with, so to speak, though, I hate that phrase. I, I'd make it a point to meet up with them, you know, one-on-one too. So that's a good tip for making friends. Like, don't be afraid to ask people on friend dates. Um, I also think it's really fun to bring my friends together from all different walks of life. Um, I absolutely love when my friends become friends, like my friend groups kind of merge. Um, It's one of my favorite things. It's one of my simple joys in this life. It is so beautiful to see all my friends like getting along and like they're all kind of similar to each other. Like they're different in their own ways, but like everyone has a similar attitude about things. And so I just love bringing them all together and seeing them all together I do notice that I need to prioritize, this is something we'll get to in a second, I need to prioritize going home to see my friends. I went to Houston a few weeks ago, and I was talking to some of my best friends just from from college and everything, and I actually had them in a recent vlog. If y'all did not see that, it's um, just a week in my life vlog, the most recent one, and I just really miss them. I miss their very grounding energy. They're all in Houston together, pretty much. So it'd be easy to just stop by Houston and hang out. And when my best friend Laurel has her baby, I'm sure I'll want to be there to see him. So that'll be something I'm, I'm learning that I need to prioritize more. It's just so hard sometimes because life gets away from you and like work happens and things just happen quickly. And then you look back and it's freaking August now. And I'm like, where did 2023 go? <laughs> I was going to prioritize all these things. And I, I just literally woke up one morning and it's August. So another thing that I think I've I've noticed that's been big for me is, you know, post-breakup, I will be quite honest, it has been a really hard thing to adjust to. And I think that much like I discussed in the 100th episode with Iman, Our Truth or Drink, I feel like getting over a breakup, if it's your ego that's hurt, I feel like, you know, six months, totally good. I've been through breakups before, too, that I was like, sad, but like, I think my ego was more bruised than, well, not one I broke up with the guy and the other one, we kind of came to a mutual agreement, but the mutual agreement still feels like a breakup. And my ego was bruised, but I like knew it wasn't the right person for me. So like getting over that was difficult, but not so much. But this last one really took a toll on me mentally. And it was hard to get back on track and understand how I wanted to move forward with my life, even down to things like, do I still want to follow this person on social media Do I block him? What makes me feel more comfortable? If I unfollow him, I have to unfollow all these people that I'm connected with through him, I feel like. And then I, because he's still going to be on their stuff. And like, do I want to do that? And do I not want to do that? Do I want to make a big deal of it? Do I want to talk to him? Do I not want to talk to him? Do I answer him when he texts me? Do I not answer when he texts me? Do I be honest? Does he agree with or does he deserve my honesty or my help or whatever it is at this point? It's been a complicated process. And this is my first, in my opinion, really intense breakup. And I carry still a sadness with me about it. And then the more that I, you know, if I'm in contact with him or we talk about something, it honestly just makes me more sad. So I'm trying to learn how to deal with that. And I feel like the the art of learning to enjoy your happy moments, even when kind of underneath you're a little bit sad, has been an interesting one to learn I've always had like depression, anxiety, and things like that that underlie everything in my life. But like an actual sadness is not really depression. This is just sadness that underlies everything. And it's one of those things that it kind of always returns. And it's been kind of a little bit of a roller coaster. But learning how to be happy, even when I have that sadness in me, kind of just feels like learning how to live. I feel like life can be Tragic in a lot of different ways. And I've been very, very lucky in my life to not have much really deep sadness and I guess grief yet at this point. So for me, the breakup was one of those things that caused me a lot of grief. And learning to live with a grief like that, that feels like someone, you know, is away from me forever that I was totally head over heels in love with, and learning how to move forward and still appreciate life and still be thankful and grateful for my life and celebrate small moments and celebrate myself and, and prove in my job and connect with my friends and have a great, wonderful summer in the Southern California sun while, ha- you know, while holding this level of almost grief about it has been an interesting way of life. And it makes the happiness almost so much sweeter, in my opinion. I've cried lots of happy tears this summer so far. And I'm sure there are more to come. Honestly, a lot of them on TikTok, though. I literally cry happy tears at TikTok like every single day or sad tears. (laughs) I cry all the time. The show, The Shy, that I'm watching right now, I've cried. One time I cried like three times in one episode. (laughs) I am so sad. (laughs) And I'm also so happy. It's been like almost like a manic situation. But learning to live with the two has been interesting. And that's just like a very realistic look, I think, on having some kind of separation with someone that you saw you living your entire life with and also them just like still being around and you still having mutual friends and like your friends still being friends with their friends and it's just a whole it's a whole messy thing that I've never had to deal with before but that really impenetrable never leaving dull sadness at the back of my mind is still there (laughs) I'm just learning how to be happy on top of it and I'm wondering is this what life is like because I'm starting to think it might be you just keep going even though you're upset. So next, next chapter here. All right. I've really noticed this summer. This is number four, I believe. Let me see. One, two, three, four. Yeah. I've really noticed, and this isn't going to be like a earth shattering discovery, but I've noticed that having routine makes me feel more free if that makes any sense. I know it seems like you would feel bogged down by routine. And sometimes I do when it gets a little bit too intense, but I've noticed how to like balance routine with spontaneity, I think. And for me getting on a routine, especially if I'm traveling and stuff like that on the weekends or whatever, getting on a routine makes me feel very stable. It makes me feel like I'm actually doing something good with my life. So I try to because I work for myself. Like I said, I try to do things that really ground me and working out has obviously been one of them. I only work out twice a week, except for right now we're doing like a eight week challenge. So I'm trying to work out three times a week. Anyway, just doing something active every single day around the same time has been really helpful. So I go work out every Monday and Wednesday, 10 to 11 a.m. And that really grounds me. And then I try to do one hour or two hours a week, like I said, at Like I've said before, at baby to baby doing some kind of community service. And I feel like that kind of routine has really, really grounded me. And then for me, it's it's really freeing to have a routine because I know I'm taking care of myself in the ways that I can. So when I get off routine, I don't feel like guilty about it. Like if I need to go to New York and not work out for a week, I'm like, that's totally fine. I've been working out very consistently for like eight months now. And for me right now, working out is very mental. Like I said, it's really helped me build a routine. I also love the benefits of strength training like we've talked about. It's the only time I've ever in my life worked out without an idea of what my body is supposed to look like in my head. And I feel like I feel great. I feel like I look better than I ever have. And usually my energy levels are up. I did work out this morning and I feel exhausted, but that's just because I was (laughs) sick all weekend, I think. But it allows me to have some kind of routine. and now at this point, whenever I miss workouts, I'm like, I just hope that my like muscle doesn't go away because I don't want to like build all this muscle and then like lose it in a week. So it's like a fun thing to keep up with for me. So not necessarily like, do I feel guilty about it because I feel like I'm going to look bad. I just like love the fact that I've built muscle and I feel strong and I don't want it to like go away. So I want to keep up with it. So another thing too is like just little routines that I have with myself, like my beauty routines, like going to get my hair cut every like six weeks or so, going to get my nails done every two or three weeks, I feel like I'm just always like prepared. So like, let's say I need to go out of town again. Let's we'll use New York as an example. I need to go to New York next week for something, which I don't I'm not going to. But I I mean, I wish. But I my my nails will be done. I will be waxed. My hair will be good because we're on a schedule. We're on a routine. I'm always ready for the next thing because I'm scheduled out. Usually I would wait till every, you know, for trips and things like that to wait till the last minute. But now that I'm on a routine and a schedule. She's always ready. We're always good. And I feel like the routine has really given me a sense of, like I said, stability and grounding, which has been really nice to rediscover because I didn't have a routine for so long. And I was just kind of like aimlessly trying to work and also be healthy and work out and kind of be involved in the community. But again, last year, I did move quite a bit. So it was hard to like really connect with the cause that I liked. Again, baby to baby love. If you're here in L.A., definitely go try to volunteer for them. They're amazing. And that's just been a really grounding presence in my life. Okay, so number five, I've really noticed this summer, work-wise especially, that I need to think bigger. And what I mean by that is I've had this like kind of limited view of how I want my work to go, and it's gone better than I expected. And I feel like I've been so overwhelmed and so overrun by work when it comes to not only podcast but just, you know, all of the social media channels, all of the emails every single day from every different you know person I work with, PR company I work with, brand I work with, my management, my podcast team, there's always something. And I'm feeling like very, very, very overrun. I will say I had the biggest month of my entire career last month. And I looked up last month at a text that said that to me. And I think I've mentioned this before. And I was like, well, I better have because I'm exhausted. I feel so overwhelmed with all of the communication and the checkups and the content creation and the event schedule and all these things that you're supposed to be doing. It's just overtaken me. And for me, I realize I'm hitting like a ceiling where it's time for me to take the next step in my career and build out a better team that, that can help me. But it's something that I don't have a lot of experience in. And so for me, I was just kind of thought it was going to be me behind this, you know, behind the scenes pulling the strings, and then I'd have my management, and I'd have my podcast team that really helps out and does a lot for me. But I never really saw growing past that. And now I'm like, shit, I need to hire. I need to hire an assistant. Like I need to have one. Uh, my management has really gotten on to me about that because <laughs> um, they're like, you need an assistant immediately. Um, I need to hire a bookkeeper because I'm not very good at that. I need to hire video and graphics. I need to hire. Um, a PR team that can be more helpful on the back end of that. So I think I've learned that I'm going to be at this level that I'm at at right now, which I'm very happy with and I'm very proud of myself, but I'm going to be at this level and just be chronically overwhelmed or I can take the next step and do something I've never done before and learn how to hire really well and learn how to build a team and learn how to lead a team and also, you know, let them lead me in the ways that I need as well and I just overall need to think bigger, but it's just kind of crazy to get to the point where you're like, oh, my gosh, like I, I do actually need help because there's so much going on. And I see there's so many directions I could take my my work life and my career. And there's so many cool things I could create and be a part of if I had a little more time to think big picture rather than just doing the admin tasks on the back end. But I'm so controlling and I just want It's hard for me to let go of control in my business. But again, we're learning to let go this summer. So also, again, hiring people costs money and it's definitely an investment and it's an investment that I need to go ahead and make. But it's something, again, that I want to make sure I'm doing correctly. So hitting that ceiling super hard this summer has taught me that I need to grow up in my career a little bit and get it together and do the things that scare me. But it's such a blessing but it's so weird to reach that point where you're just absolutely maxed out and you're like shit i got to take the next step or or this is just going to be miserable for me for like a while so that being said i am very lucky to be where i am at in my career it's just a scary moment when you're like oh shit i got to level up now and i don't know how to do that and i don't really have any direction but we'll see <laughs> i'll try some things out i guess <laughs> number 6 we kind of went over i think my last trip home A couple weeks ago, showed me how much I need to prioritize my time at home, especially losing my grandmother, um, who was in my life for a very long time, just made me realize, you know, I need to be there for my other grandparents that I'm grandparents that I am very, very, very close to. Um, And I need to be there when my sister's, you know, daughter, my niece, Reese, is growing up and I want to be home more. And I just have to prioritize that more. And that was one of my goals from the beginning of the year. But like I said, hitting the ceiling with work where it's kind of just like you need to get your shit done because this is like a moment for you to really take advantage of to get you to the next step. I've Work has been a priority, obviously, and my mental health has been a priority. Nesting has been a priority, trying to get settled in Los Angeles and really make a home for myself here again has been a priority. And I've realized I've overlooked my family and my friends and going home. Does make me realize that it's not always the easiest thing to go home because it just takes forever to get on a plane and go to LAX and do all the bullshit with that and then fly to freaking Dallas and then drive to Fort Worth. It's a whole thing. It's a whole disaster, <laughs> but it is worth it in the end to see family and see friends who really have made it have vocally made it me aware of the fact that they want me to be around more. Um, obviously, it would be nice for people to come visit me as well, but everyone's just always together in those places. So it's easy for me to go home and do that. And I've realized I really do need to prioritize that. Okay. So I think we're on number seven now. So a big one I've learned actually as of late, like very late is the fact that relationships, friends, family, especially family kind of ebb and flow. And for me, this has been a big one this summer because I feel like, there has been a lot of transformation in my family relationships as I've gotten older and as I've learned more about myself. Growing up, just to be very transparent, my family's not into boundaries. They are not very boundary prone, and they do this and they forsake boundaries in the name of love, quote unquote. You know, they say they really love you, and I'm not every member of my family, but I think it's been something that's been taught since I was younger that if you really love someone, you're completely up their ass and you're so in their business. I also think that people in general, not only my family members, could use a little humbling and understand that you don't always know what's best for everyone just because we're related or just because we're friends or whatever it is. And again, boundaries are not really a thing. So I have really started in the last couple of years to try to be as compassionate as possible and try to be understanding and try to listen to family members maybe that I disagree with at the core. And I've made a commitment to myself to honor their boundaries. And I've decided to not argue about things like how they choose to, to live their lives and things like politics, things like religion. I've just decided it's not my business and it's not my place to do so. And especially with things like religion, I realized a couple years ago, and I really put it into practice that like whatever makes someone feel safe and comfortable to live in this world, as long as they're not like attacking my boundaries again, is their business. It's not my business what they want to do. Why would I ever try to talk someone out of or disprove or combat something that makes someone feel emotionally secure and and or physically safe in the world and into the afterlife if that's what they fear? It's not my job to do that. And I wouldn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. So if someone Wants to believe something that I don't necessarily believe good for them like that is so their purpose. That's so what they need to do for themselves. It's not my business. I found myself, you know, in my throughout my 20s, not really arguing with my family about religion and politics from a standpoint of wanting to change them, but more from a standpoint of like defending myself. And I think that defense can look like wanting to change them and control what their emotions are about things. And again, not everyone in my family thinks exactly the same at all. There are plenty of different opinions and things going on within my nuclear family and also into my grandparents, who, by the way, when I go home, it's all of us together constantly. And there are you know, people who view things like I do. There's people who view things on an opposite spectrum, really. And I think for me, it's made my life so much easier to just not be involved If something comes up or an argument comes up, I'm not arguing. It's not an argument. Like, everyone do what they got to do, right? That's unfortunately not the route that some of my family members have chosen to take. They are forcibly, some people are very forceful in the name of love, for example. And for me, I've just been like, you know what? It hurts sometimes for me to draw these very distinct boundaries because I think sometimes with people who are not used to boundaries, it can feel like rejection to them. Or it can feel like you dislike them or they can can really take offense, basically, to your own boundaries and say that you're being selfish or you're being a bitch or you're not being understanding or whatever it is. But I have learned to start really exercising boundaries. Um, I may or may not have blocked family members in the past (laughs) and said, you know what, I've been super nice in this conversation till this point, and I am blocking you until you can learn to respect my boundaries. And that is really difficult to do with family members. Um, it's not difficult because it makes things awkward because, like, again, you, my family knows everything about me. Like, they're just, it's not awkward ever. It's one of those things I was talking to Iman about this the other day about how, like, sisters can argue and fight, for example. And, like, we could say, like, the worst things to each other and then be like, okay, so, like, do you want to get Chipotle? Like, it's just, I always know when a girl gr- has grown up with sisters because... We are evil to each other, and then, like anyway, <laughs> let's get some pizza. like what is happening right now? We just will say things that really go with the gut or the jugular I mean, so anyway, I just have learned to really put boundaries in place and teach people how I want to be treated because I you know was never really I was taught that going over people's boundaries was a sign of love for so long, and I honestly probably made some mistakes in friendships and relationships based on that and this has really been the summer of perfecting my boundaries, not only with family, but with friends, with my ex, people like that. I, I have really put boundaries in place that keep me feeling not taken advantage of. And I keeps me feeling respected and kind of demands respect from the people around me. But the stuff with the family has been difficult sometimes. It's been difficult for my whole life, but I love my family. I take a bullet for any of them, but they're going to learn some boundaries. And if they don't, then they're going to stay blocked forever. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> no offense. On the other side of that, this is probably like the realest one that I've said. I have had a very interesting relationship with my father since I was little, especially being in the military. It caused him to be a very specific type of person that I think he needed to be while we were in that time. And I was the oldest. I was the one that was involved in military life the most. He got out when I was almost 13. And I remember military life very clearly. My little brother was born when I was 12, so he never saw that. And my little sister, we got out when she was about eight. So she doesn't really remember much of that either. And it took my dad a little while, I think, to acclimate to civilian life. And it's taken me a long time to really kind of forgive him for the way that I had to grow up, though it wasn't really his fault. And you kind of just try to learn about how your parents are people. But I will say my relationship with my dad this summer through things like, you know, he lost his mother recently and through pretty honest conversation and a lot of like, you know, him going to therapy on his own and me going to therapy and me trying to, you know, navigate my 20s, coming to the end of my 20s here at the end of this year. I feel like my relationship with my dad, specifically because of boundaries that I've set, has really flourished more. So it's kind of crazy to watch the way that, you know giving relationships time and space, whether it's family or friends or romantic partners and nurturing them in the way that you can and also being patient and being patient with yourself. And my dad and I's relationship has really, I mean, gone. It's been ups and downs and ups and downs. And there have been times that I've just been so angry with him. And there's been times where we've been very respectful and been good friends. And there's so many things about him, even if I'm maybe angry at him or upset with him about something that I really respect. It's just been a whole, you know, crazy things. Relationships with your parents can be really complicated, especially when, you know, for me, we grew up and we lived like freaking three different lives. It's been a wild ride. And I feel like I was obviously there because I'm the oldest since the beginning. And I remember a different version of my parents than who they are now. And I got a different version of my parents than my sister did. And I got a different version of my parents than uh, my little brother did. And my dad and I were actually just talking about this because he has a little brother who got a different version of his mother than than my dad got. And we were talking about how kind of like the oldest can be sometimes like a shield for the rest of the family. And you just you can go through so much stuff that the younger ones never saw because your parents learned on you and then like brought better to the next ones. And you're like kind of sitting there like, um, excuse me. (laughs) what the fuck is this? So we've bonded over that. And it's just been interesting to watch relationships, like I've said, ebb and flow. And I think it it might have something to do with me reaching 30 that I'm getting really comfortable with myself and what I need and kind of letting go of, here we go, letting go again, letting go of angst and kind of offering forgiveness. I think that it's been a really interesting summer for that. And again, prioritizing family and trying to be more understanding and again, set boundaries and look at the family members that handle boundaries really well and handle honesty really well, it's been an interesting journey. So I think that for me, looking at relationships and watching them ebb and flow and realizing that they can be good one day and maybe not in so much of a great place the next day, but there can always be love there. That's been a really interesting lesson to learn this summer. All right, that was seven. Okay, we've got 11 So like total. This is number, yeah, eight, nine, ten, yeah, eight. I really embodied the fact that life is supposed to be fun. I don't know what it is, me being addicted to struggle, me being addicted to stress. So much of my life I've spent being like, well, so it's the way I grew up. Like, I feel like we were really taught, like, you always need to be striving and you always need to be stressed. And if you're not stressed and you're not working and you're not working hard and you're not being the best you can, like, you're failing. You know what I mean? And now I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) No, I'm supposed to have a good time. So I think that it's changing my perspective on that has been really big because I don't need to be proud of myself for being stressed out. We've discussed this before. So... I And I'm not proud of myself for being stressed out. If I'm stressed out, I'm like, you're doing something fucking wrong. You know what I mean? There's going to be times for stress and struggle and things like that, but it doesn't need to be all the time. And it doesn't need to be brought on by my own self all the time. That's not fair. So for me, it's really changed the way I wake up every morning to notice that life is actually supposed to be fun. Like I'm supposed to be instead of sitting, you know, wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I have to podcast today. I wake up in the morning like, OK, I get to go sit at Dear Media, which is awesome and a great location in Los Angeles. I get to drive my car, listen to my fun music with the windows down. It's summer in L.A. and I get to sit on a mic and partner with Chanel to talk about what I learned this summer. Are you kidding me? That's like the dream. That's what I've worked so hard for. Why am I pretending like this is not a good thing (laughs) or why am I acting like I'm too exhausted? I am tired, but it's just it's ridiculous to like wake up in the morning and just assume things are going to suck. Maybe that's depression, maybe not everyone goes through that, but a lot of the times I'm just like I wake up every morning like ugh. Like another day. I'm so tired. I don't want to get out of bed. Again, depression sometimes, but I also just think like I don't know. I feel like again, I was I was just told everything should be a struggle and it doesn't need to be a struggle. So I've really embraced that this summer. I've really tried to wake up and be like very grateful and thankful for the day and look at things like I'm excited to do them. And it's really changed the way that I approach absolutely everything. Even like being sick this weekend, obviously it sucks to be sick, but I was like, damn, I really could use some time to lay down anyway and just like sleep and like sleep for again, 15 hours. And I got to watch five episodes or five seasons of a really good show. So I think that's a win. I also learned a lot about like recipes, like I said, on TikTok. So I I was trying to look at that like a positive thing. Did I feel like ass? Yes, but you know, I'm never really sick anyway, so I was just trying to be more positive about it and be like, you know what, let's make a fun time of this. Let me sleep on the couch in my little sick person den <laughs> and really live this th- sick life to the fullest. <laughs> okay. Another thing I've really noticed as I've gotten really involved with volunteering and serving the community, as someone with, you know, background depression pretty much all the time, service is so fulfilling. And I think that getting out of your own brain and out of your own little world when you're going through some kind of mental health issue is really calming and it can be such an energy boost. I think this can go the wrong way when you're fixating on like other people's lives that you don't need to be fixating on, like kind of picking them apart or giving advice that no one wants or or that no one asked you for or being really judgmental. I think this can all happen when you're kind of like in a downward spiral with your mental health. And instead of doing those things, I'm going to pay attention to my own self, obviously, and be in my own business. And when I have to be in someone else's business, it's going to be either because they asked me to or because I'm helping the community. So I go to baby to baby. Like I said, I try to go once every week if there's shifts open. And it just feels good to go there and put little, you know, whatever we end up doing that day. There's different things we do every week, but like sorting various donations into different size bins so that mothers can have, you know, things to clothe their children with. That is lovely and a wonderful thing. And I can kind of go there, turn my work brain off, do this nice thing for somebody else and feel like I am not the center of the universe for myself for about two hours a week. And it feels really good. It feels nice. And I feel like that's such a good way to get out of your own head about things. The community at Baby to Baby is great as well. The women who work there are amazing, both like hands-on and like more the PR team side. So I think that getting involved in an organization can just feel really good and you can get something good done for the community and get out of your own head without being into in everyone else's business and like being an asshole about it. You know what I mean? It's a great way to, to channel that energy. Um, and I think service has been really, really fulfilling for me this summer. And I don't think I've ever, like in high school and in college, we did a little bit, but in high school for to graduate at my school we needed like 60 hours of community service to graduate so I was doing more service in high school and then college I did much less and then while I was working and trying to like get my job started I definitely like didn't really have a ton of time that I wasn't like trying to make money like I had all these like different side jobs so I didn't have a lot of time for service but This summer, I've really prioritized that. And it's really helped not only my mental health, but I think helped the community. And I feel like I've built a community at Baby to Baby. And I feel like it's been really cool to see you guys going as well and tagging me in your stories or messaging me that you go or seeing whenever I see y'all there when I'm working, it's really cool, too. So that's been a really fun thing to do this summer. Another one. This is number 10. It is not my job to prove anything to anyone. That's what I have written down. I think this goes along with like setting boundaries. I think that I've really internalized when I find myself trying to over explain myself, I stop talking about it. And not so much on the podcast, like obviously, a podcast is for me to explain myself. Um, but if I get hate from someone, I don't feel the need to explain myself. You know, if there's constructive criticism, of course, i will I'm there to listen and really internalize and like take that in and and evaluate myself against it. But, If I get hate online again with family specifically, if I am misunderstood, or if someone wants to say something more negative about me that I personally know isn't true because I know they don't they don't have all of the information. In situations where I would find myself previously being like, "Well, you don't understand because there's this, this, and this thing happening, and this is why I'm doing this, and this is why I'm doing this." No, I am not explaining myself anymore. I'm honestly too tired to explain myself, and most people don't deserve the explanation anyways. So if I feel like doing so, I will, but. A lot of the times, and this has happened in the last couple of months, I've really stopped myself from over explaining because a lot of the time people just don't even want to understand anyway, especially with like people who give hate on the Internet. I'm like, they're out here trying to hate because they're upset with themselves. Obviously, like I've said, when you're depressed, you might fixate on other people and they're not doing it in the right way. OK, go do some community service. <laughs> go fixate that way. Stop being judgmental. But when they do that i understand that back end that you know maybe someone's going through and i'm just like you know what there's no point in me explaining myself also why do i care i don't care i genuinely don't i'm so tired there's no need to do that so not explaining myself to family friends people who follow me it's been very freeing and i encourage you to do the same thing you know you're a good person you don't need to explain to everyone why you're a good person not everyone deserves that from you and then lastly i have really, really internalized, and I've talked about this a lot, that it's okay to relax. It's okay to disappoint people in the name of your mental health. I will say with my work, I feel like everyone always needs something from me right now. I I feel like I'm behind, and this has a lot to do with the fact that I need to hire a team to help me because I'm only one person. It's kind of hard to explain how much goes on on the back end. I feel like the job looks pretty easy and straightforward. But it's very exhausting. Like any other job, there's a lot of admin going on. So, switching from admin to like the more performance side of things is hard because it's a different brain that I use to like brainstorm or answer emails or set up graphics or edit video or put together pitches or like do more back end work on like understanding my own data points and seeing what's doing well. Or I really would like to do some sort of rebrand in the near future for note to self. So getting creative with that and doing the admin and then also switching to being on camera mode and getting all made up and, you know, putting together episodes and then almost like I not I don't want to say performing, but like, you know, being a personality behind a mic in front of a camera or doing a YouTube video or something. There are different ty- like sides of my brain I feel like I'm using and I'm constantly switching between them all and it's hard to do so. I need like a refractory period <laughs> almost. And for me, I've really started to notice that I'm only one person and I can only do so much. So learning how to relax and sometimes, you know, not getting the thing in on time or not performing as well as I could or you know letting people down maybe when it comes to working with PR teams or you know whatever it is or not being able to get to emails fast enough I've just learned that sometimes you have to let people down for your own mental health because I'm gonna have a mental breakdown if I try to spread, my, spread myself too thin and I've noticed like everyone needs everything right now right now right now it's just the world that we live in and I'm just like I can't fulfill that for everybody constantly I need to live <laughs> I need to like eat lunch and also like drink water so and also have like my saturdays with my social life i don't need to be on the clock all the freaking time which are boundaries again i'm trying to set with work but i'm i'm trying to be give myself grace and allow myself to relax a lot this summer and it's been nice in the face of having so much going on just knowing when i'm like all right it's time to freaking clock out it's time to turn off be horizontal grab a joint lay down watch the shy Okay that's what I need to do. (laughs) Sometimes that's what I need for my mental health. Okay. But that's my last one. That's number 11. I guess, I guess I had 10 with a bonus. That's what we'll call it because people love the even lists. Um, And that's what I've kind of been reflecting on this summer and reflected on, I guess, the last couple of months, what I've experienced and what I've learned from what I've experienced or what I've kind of sort of prioritizing or reintroducing into my life. Sometimes life gets hectic and you need those reminders to really ground you. Um, But overall, this has been a great summer. I haven't done a ton of traveling or anything like that. I've stayed pretty local. I have not. I've gone to Mexico. But that's really it with the traveling. I feel like I'm the only person in the world who didn't go to Europe. I was supposed to go like this week and I decided not to. I'm just so tired and it'll be there when I want to go next. I just wasn't really feeling super drawn to it. It wasn't something that I really felt the need to prioritize. But everyone looked like they had a great summer in Europe. I also just noticed about myself, I'm not someone that can live out of a suitcase at this point in my life. I am too tired. I don't want to lug my suitcase around Europe. I did that one time when I was 25. We went for like a month and just like bounced around. And it was so much fun, but like honestly, never again. It's just not going to happen for me. I've loved just walking to the park, meeting my friend Iman, laying in the sun, having a true Southern California summer. It's been absolutely wonderful. Am I traveling anytime soon? No, like I said, we're going to I'm going to Newport, which is again Southern California-esque. I went to Newport for Fourth of July. Yeah. And that was also really fun. So just staying around in the Southern California area has been really nice and having a pretty relaxed summer. And I feel like the last summer of my twenties, I've done a lot of great reflection. It's not quite over yet, so I don't want to freak anybody out, but That's just my reflection so far. I'm going to say thank you so much to Chanel for sponsoring today's episode. This is an absolute dream. I hope you guys liked this episode. Definitely go back and listen to the detachment episode before this if you all want to see more about what I'm talking about, like letting go, because that's obviously a huge theme in my life right now. Make sure you guys check out the description for links to all of the ways you can submit to Note to Self. I'm going to do some more audience-led episodes here pretty soon. And then you can also shop the merch using those links. And you can find me on social media using those links. So go ahead and check that description if you would like to. I love seeing you guys in your lucky merch and I will see you guys next week.